Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. This podcast contains discussions of child abuse, sexual repression and sexual abuse, suicide, racism, misogyny, PTSD and PTSD symptoms, and spiritual oppression and abuse, including guilt, shame, and fear. In most episodes, we will be mentioning some of these concepts in a general way without any graphic detail. If any of these topics or other triggering topics will be mentioned in great detail, we will let you know at the beginning of each individual episode, as well as in the show notes for that episode. Welcome back to the Leaving Eden podcast, the special homework edition of the Leaving Eden podcast. And man, it has been a while since I've said those words. What when was the last time we did a homework episode? Was that in real time? It's been about two months. Two months, three months. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been a bit. Anyway, we are back. We are doing a homework episode once again for all those people who forgot what a homework episode is. Uh, it is an episode where I assign Sadie or Sadie assigns me a piece of media to consume. And then we talk about that. Here we are. But before we get into that, I realized that I forgot to introduce myself. My name is Gabrielle Hakoen, and I am here with my excellent co-host. Hi, I'm Sadie Carpenter. And we are also joined by our, our third co-host today, Baby Chuck. Uh, she's meant to be a silent co-host. I don't know how how silent she'll be, but we'll we'll get through it. Yeah, you just hear like cooing in the background and stuff. It's fine. I've got her in the the baby wearing wrap, which is great because she's I you know she's right there and I can take care of her. But that does mean she gets on the microphone a little bit. She's That's trying fine. to start her podcast career. She'll I mean she'll be recording stuff before she can even remember. That's the the whole point. But um, anyway, 
Let's get right into it because I assigned Sadie as the first homework episode uh, when we came back from her maternity leave. Uh, We want to do a big one. And I think that this is a big one. Would you agree that this is a big one? It's bigger, longer, and uncut. Yes. So uh, in case you didn't get that reference or in case you haven't seen the movie, uh, Sadie and I are here. We are talking about the, when did it come out? 1999? 99. Yeah, 1999 film uh, South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, which is the, the colloquially known as the South Park movie. It is, of course, the the movie, the cinematic uh, a movie based on the television show South Park, which uh, airs on Comedy Central, which was created by Matt Stone and Trey Parker, set in the fictional town of South Park, Colorado. So... Um, yeah, here here we are. We are here to talk about it. Uh, do you have any thoughts just sort of off the top of your head that you wanted to, to say before we really get into it? Well, I want to, I think we should probably contextualize with South Park the show. Yes. Because this is something I know my husband grew up watching it, but did you grow up watching South Park? So when I was... Uh, a kid when I was a preteen and a young teenager, so like uh, 11, 12, 13, 14. South Park was okay. How can I put it? South Park was everywhere. Uh, it was this show, like, this was like before social media was a thing. It was like this was when parents still at least like to pay lip service to the idea that their kids wouldn't be exposed to profanity. But, you know, if we wanted we wanted to rebel, we wanted to be cool. We wanted to be irreverent because we were, you know, kids. We were at that age, that age where we really just wanted to be irreverent and maybe, you know, maybe this was before you could just watch anything that you wanted on the Internet. So this was a show that I liked and then I watched quite a bit of when I was younger uh often when my parents didn't quite know what I was watching because they just sort of look over and see that I had headphones on on the computer and that it was cartoons but they weren't really paying attention that's kind of the whole vibe of what was going down here but yes I was absolutely I, I grew up when I was a teenager and I watched this tv show so I grew up in the IFB um, around that same time I was hearing a lot of preaching about uh, kids' cartoons that were really corrupting the youth. And this goes really well with the theme of the South Park movie, I think. Oh, absolutely. But I I grew up hearing about all these cartoons that were, you know, corrupting the youth and and teaching them to use dirty words and teaching them to have bad attitudes and teaching them to rebel against their parents. But do you know what cartoon and specifically what cartoon character the IFB were referring to when when they talked about these things? Were they referring to South Park? Or were no. they more interested in like Bart Simpson? Bart Simpson is the character that they were talking about. And uh, at the time, Bart Simpson's antics would have been scandalous. But uh, yeah, as a grown up, comparing the difference between Bart Simpson and the boys on South Park is a little bit amusing to me that that Bart is who the IFB chose to go after in this scenario. Well, when I'm thinking about it, like there, it's just there is a vast chasm of what is different what was appropriate what was seen as appropriate today versus what was seen as appropriate in the 1990s when um south park first came out and when the simpsons was really at the peak of its cultural relevance so back then i guess thing people were more polite or at least were expected to be more polite and 
somebody like Bart Simpson would have been seen as very irreverent. Whereas, you know, today, if we go back and watch Simpsons episodes from the 90s, we'll be like, this isn't that crazy. But if we look at like what was going on on South Park, oh boy, there was some wild stuff going on on that TV show. Yeah, there's such a there's such a a chasm between those two shows that it's it's amusing to me for some reason. It's almost like how growing up in the IFB, I heard Kiss preached about a lot as this like evil satanic rock and roll band um, that are just devil worshippers and and the worst kind of everything. Uh, and then I grew up and listened to Mayhem and Slayer, and realized that that Kiss is not Kiss is more glam rock than anything else. Kiss is is glam rock. Kiss is dad rock, and I say this with every <laughs> bit of I love Kiss. My my husband loves Kiss. We have multiple Kiss posters in our and house. he is a dad now. <laughs> he is, and he is a dad now. But Kiss is is not. It's not Slayer. No, you know, it's not. It's not a. The Mysterious Dom Satanas by Mayhem. It's not uh, Cannibal not. Corpse. It's not any of that. Right. I, you know, I, I think the best way to, to talk about this is to say, you know, The Simpsons really started like, oh, here's a, a cartoon show, but like it's something maybe it's not totally geared for children. It's geared a bit more for adults. Uh, there's uh, adult humor in it. And South Park just kind of took that to the next level where everything is just going to be dirty or nasty or, or irreverent just for... I don't want to say just for the sake of it, because I think maybe some people would have a problem with it. But a lot of times it is, you know, trying to be irreverent for the sake of being irreverent at a time when, you know, when we think back to the 1990s, that was a strong statement. So, I, yeah. And I think that that sometimes things that are irreverent just to be irreverent, that can be funny. Yes. And I, I personally, I'm a I'm a big South Park fan. You are. Oh, Yeah. And I and weirdly, I had not seen the movie, but I've seen I think I've seen every episode of the, the TV show. Really? I watched a lo- yeah, I watched a lot of it in the hospital after Chuck was born, actually. Hmm. It, just, it was on the TV and I was like, yes, this will make me feel good. Yeah. So uh, but we're here. We're talking about the South Park movie. Mainly, we're going to talk about the TV show a bit when we get later into this episode. But in the movie. For me, I just want to go and say like the cultural weight that this movie held because I mean, this movie was rated R. So and this was before you could just watch anything that you wanted on the Internet. Um, But this movie was rated R. And so to watch it, you had to either own it or you had to either have it rented for you by somebody. And so at that time, you know, having seen this movie when you're what, like, 11 12 13 10 11 12 13 that sort of age having seen this movie was almost like a badge of honor you know which is the plot of the movie yeah which is very relevant and i won i i felt like that would have i felt like that was on purpose honestly because i i felt like it was like like a self-predicting thing yeah i mean they they knew that kids would brag about being able to see the south park movie and that's the plot of the south park movie is that kids are bragging about seeing the terrence and philip movie yes so like if you wanted to show that you were cool you would maybe because this movie is also like a musical as well yes so there's like musical numbers in it so you know you would just go uh like walking down the halls of school you'd be singing one of the songs from the movie and be like yeah i'm singing a song from the south park movie that's a movie that has swears in it yeah and you know 
like look how cool I am. Look how irreverent I am. You know, I got the coolest. Yeah, a, a t-shirt with flames on it. Like that's that's how tough I am. You know, that's kind of how it was though. But I think I was probably what like eleven or twelve when I saw this movie. But that was a couple years after the movie came out, so it was still relevant. Yeah, so that must have been like five or six years after the movie came out, because what it came out in ninety nine. Came out in ninety nine. And so, if I was eleven or twelve, that would have been ninety four, or I mean, oh uh, four or oh five, when I saw it. Yeah. So it it kind it had a cultural impact. Oh, absolutely. To people who weren't in cults at the time that it came out. <laughs> yes. Oh, absolutely. It de- it definitely did. The, so, what did the IFB? say about South Park? Did they talk about South Park at all? Because I know we mentioned Bart Simpson. So what was what was the IFB saying about South Park? I'm sure we can guess what they would say about South Park. So I didn't hear anything. I didn't know South Park existed. Really? Because, yeah, because, okay, so just like, so the IFB demonizes Kiss because that's like the craziest rock band that they know of. Like, they think that's it. They think that's, like, the pinnacle of evil. Um, I wish you could see, like, the like the scare quotes combined with jazz hands that I'm doing right now. Uh, they Yeah, they think that's, like, like, Kiss is, like, as evil as you can get for music. And so they just didn't know. They're, they're, they're knights in Satan's service. In an analogy to that, they think that The Simpsons is, like, as evil as you can get for a cartoon show. <laughs> Because they don't know about moral oral, and they don't know about South Park. I don't know Park. about moral oral, but okay. Um, moral oral is funny. I think I might do it for a reverse homework. It's a. It's it's a. It's also. I think it's also a Comedy Central show, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, well, but we'll talk it's about a. That, yeah. It's about it's about a little boy who has a very strict father and is always getting around his rules. Wow, I'm I'm sure they didn't like that then. But we didn't know about any of that stuff. We thought The Simpsons was like the most worldly cartoon that there was. We didn't know that about about cartoons that were geared towards adults. Interesting. Okay. So I don't think we knew about Comedy Central. Huh. That's that's so funny to think about. Okay, but I, I want to let's get into the plot of this movie. Okay. So do let's 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 go through the plot. So what happens in the movie? There's the main character there's four main characters of the South Park T V show who are four boys who are Eric Cartman, um, Kyle Brothlovsky, uh, Stan Marsh, and Kenny. What's Kenny's last name? I don't know. Does he have one? I don't know what Kenny's last name is. Uh, but, you know, Stan and Kyle uh, are the two sort of normal boys. I, I don't want to say normal, but that's, I mean, that's kind of the, the, they're the most relatable boys in this show, right? Stan is just kind of like your is kind of like just a very basic sort of dude. Kyle is also kind of a basic sort of dude, but he's also Jewish. Eric is uh mean and cruel and has a really irreverent and racist sense of humor. <laughs> and Kenny is uh well you never hear a word that he says because he has his hood pulled up too far over his face and he just goes like and then they understand what he's saying and he dies in every episode. Uh, and that's like a running gag. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so these four boys, what they go and they see this movie that has a lot of swear words in it and is very obscene, then all hell breaks loose. Well, it's the it's the yeah, it's the Terrence and Philip movie and Terrence and Philip are like Canadian 
TV stars in this universe. Yes. And you can tell who's Canadian in this universe because they're the the top of they don't have a mandible. Like the top of their head and the their mouth aren't connected. Yeah. So their heads kind of flap when they talk. Yeah. It's it's very funny. But they, you know, they uh have a a song in the movie that that's called Shut Your Fucking Face Uncle Fucker. <laughs> and then everybody in the town, the boys see this movie, they get a homeless person to buy them tickets to see this R-rated movie, and then they go and start singing the song and then suddenly all of the kids in the class start being like, oh man, we need to see this movie. So they go and see this movie. And, and it teaches all the kids how to pepper their everyday conversations with swear words. Yes. And then they all end up getting in massive, massive, massive heaps of trouble. And everybody's parents get extremely angry. They declare war on Canada because the movie came from Canada. And Kenny dies randomly and goes to hell, meets Satan there. And Satan is uh, in a, a domestic partnership with Saddam Hussein, who has also died, I guess. But Satan has a plan to take over the world. And the way that he's going to do that is if they end up, if the American army ends up killing Terrence and Philip, the makers of this movie, that will somehow bring the apocalypse and Satan. So it's like the seventh, it's like the seventh seal. So that's a, that's a reference to the book of revelation. There are, there are seven seals, um, seven prophet. If you, if you take the book of revelation as prophecy, which some people don't, and I'm not going to get into that right now because I'm still learning about it, and it's really interesting. Wow. But if you take the book of Revelation as prophecy, as a lot of Christians do, uh, there are one event, one of the many events that are prophesied in the book of Revelation is that there is a, a book with seven seals. So like a book with seven locks on it is how it's visualized a lot. And the each of those seals gets opened one at a time. And as each seal opens, another disastrous event happens on earth and then when all of the seals are open you can move on to the next prophetic event in the book of revelation uh so it's all extremely open to interpretation because it's all very poetic language but people like to try to predict what those seven seals are going to be or what that means if the events of revelation did start playing out in real life now in in the 21st century interesting so what the devil, yeah, what Satan is saying in the South Park movie is kind of a play on that. He's saying it's the seventh sign, like the other six signs have already happened. And they're in if uh, if Terrence and Philip are executed on American soil, that's the seventh sign that will allow him to invade the world with his life partner, Saddam Hussein. Yes, and now Kenny is able to send a message to the boys back up on Earth and say, you can't let them kill Terrence and Philip because I guess the American army, the Americans are so angry. Uh, these Canadians have corrupted their children that they declare war on Canada and they successfully capture Terrence and Philip and they're going to execute him at the USO show. And then the boys have to stage a mission to rescue Terrence and Philip so that they won't get murdered. So Satan won't come and defeat them and destroy the world. And that's that's basically the plot of the movie. It is quite it is as ridiculous as it sounds. And that is just not what I expected from a South Park movie, because I didn't read up on the movie before I watched it. I just thought, oh, this will be like a regular South Park episode. And uh, 
they went a, a direction I really wouldn't have, would not have expected. And that was kind of fun. Yeah. So what are, so the overarching themes of this movie, let's talk about the overarching themes of this movie, because for me, there was one theme because this is a very meta movie. Right. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit later about all the musical theater references that I was able to pick up. Yeah. But this uh, this movie, it, it seems to me like it was made by the uh, the creators. Obviously, they made a, sh- a movie to kind of because, you know, they come out with their TV show. Their TV show is very irreverent. It has episodes in the first season. I think the first episode of South Park was called Cartman Gets an Anal Probe. Um, where he gets kidnapped by aliens and then they put like a, a computer device up his butt or something. And then there's an episode where in the first season, I think the last episode of the first season was called Cartman's Mom is a Dirty Whore. Uh, you know, that that's the type of things that we're talking about here that they were making a TV show about. And obviously, you know, this was the 90s. People's parents are going to be up in arms. And so they made a movie about people's parents getting up in arms over their kids watching something on TV or in the movies. Right. So it's it's super meta because it's it's a movie about the reaction to South Park. Yes. But framed as the reaction to this this uh, fictional Terrence and Philip movie. But I think it, I think it's also meta in a couple of other ways because it's it's a musical and it it's references other musicals in a way that's very fun for somebody who's into musical theater. And I think that it it ties in with their entire philosophy of how they do things because they're the the show is the show is so irreverent and it's like nothing is off limits, but it doesn't do that in a very it doesn't do that in a serious way. No, it does that in a in a way that pokes fun at itself, and I think that's that's a big part of why I love South Park. Yeah, so they're very self-effacing about it. So when they're because it's not yeah. like oh look how many swear words we can say on TV, take us seriously. It's not like that. It's the opposite of that. Well, they did do an episode where it was all about how many times you can say shit on TV. What did they get to? Two hundred and thirty-seven. It was. I don't know. They there was an episode where they just did that for the sake of doing that. Uh, and that episode, you know, when I was a kid, that episode was legendary because they're like, how many times did they say shit on that episode? Oh, man, that was incredible. Like, But like that in itself is a joke. Yeah. And the entire episode about how many times can they say shit on TV, the, the entire episode is a, is a joke. And every time that they manage to work it in, there's a reason that that person would have been saying it. And there's a little counter on the edge of the TV screen that counts it. So that episode in itself is self-referential. Right. But it's it's like a big um like a loop. Yeah, and there'll also be like, you know, in the movie when the kids are gonna go and see the Terrence and Philip movie, they're talking about because the animation style of the show, I'm sure that you guys have seen, it's like the kid the all the characters are cut out of pieces of paper and like that's that's sort of how the show is done. It's it's almost like a claymation, but it's like a crappier than claymation type thing. Which is nice because I'm creeped out by claymation. Yeah, claymation can be kind of weird, man. I don't know what it is. I have a weird phobia of claymation. Yeah. But so when they're going to see this movie, they're going to they're talking about oh the animation's all crappy, and then there's a scene. Uh, I caught that too. A <laughs> shot I, of I like had the, that written down on my notes. The animation just looking super <laughs> janky. So you know they're very self-effacing, and when they're in the movie, and the Terrence and Phillips start singing the "Shut Your Fucking Face, Uncle Fucker" song, everybody's walking out of the theater because they're like, "This movie is so stupid. This is the worst movie I've ever seen." But the boys love it. Just because they're like, oh, it's got all the swears, it's got all this, it's got all that. And so that was also very self-effacing because they're just like, yeah, our show isn't even good. Our show is just uh, obscene. Um, yeah, I definitely caught the reference about the the animation being all crappy. Right. 
and I I thought that was that that I thought that was fun. That made me laugh. But the the main themes of of this movie. So how how did you feel about the main themes of this? Because I felt like the main theme for me was censorship. Yeah, but the main theme of like most of South Park is censorship. It's the topic that they revisit more than almost anything. That's true. Like that. I mean, what what is that shit episode about? Like where they see how many times they can say it on TV. Like what is that about? Yeah, that's true. There, it's about not being allowed to say stuff on TV, but also when they tried to say it too many times, you know, people started getting sick and dying from it. Right. Yeah. Like, like that's. I feel like the entire show, it's about censorship and it's about what do, what is, what truly is irreverent. That's like, that's the whole message of the whole show. It's, it's, oh, are, are words really bad? Or are, are themes worse than words? That's the sort of thing that I wanted or to like talk about what, in a bit though. Yeah. And it, it'll pit things against each other. Like it'll say, okay, well in this, res- in this episode, we're going to, we're going to do racism versus transphobia and the way that the episode is set up it makes you consider is one of these things worse than the other yes and you as a as a woke person you have to be like no those are both bad but the show will pit them against each other in a way that really that makes you think and makes you laugh and makes you think about censorship and i think that's i think that's one of the big the big things about the entire show yeah this can be a positive thing and a negative. I guess it's it sort of cuts both ways because, of course, we can't be out here being like, oh, you're not allowed to say this. Oh, you're not allowed to say that. But then again, if you go out and you have a big platform and you're saying things that could potentially be really harmful and a lot of people are listening to them, you know, that seems to me like like I, I don't want to say, oh, you have a responsibility to say this and that and the other thing. You have a responsibility to say a good message. I, I'm trying to figure I mean, out that's what I'm trying thing, to say. That's yeah. the thing about... The thing about South Park, I mean, that's that's why it's hard to talk about South Park. We would think if you and I had a platform where we talk to as many people as they get to talk to, we would probably feel some sense of responsibility to not you know, to not be racist. Well, I mean, we we already have a feel like we have a we sense of responsibility talk- that we shouldn't, right? We shouldn't, yeah, not to be racist and not to be turfy and not to be other you know not to be sexist and not to be other things that you shouldn't be but south park just flouts that responsibility they're just like no we don't care and that can i mean to me so there are some problems with that though that i kind of feel like okay uh and and you can take this how you will but i want to talk about some stuff some problems that i've had in in the show in the past yeah sure Uh, is that cool yeah so um I'm not a comedian. I mean, I make jokes on the podcast, maybe as like comic relief for when you come in and say, and say some like particularly dark stories, but I'm not a comedian. I would not call myself a comedian. Uh, and I think, so one of the general rules of comedy though, right, is that you don't punch down, mm-hmm. right? Because like, if you, you know, if you punch down, A, like the joke probably isn't going to land the way that you want it to it's more likely going to make you look like a jerk and one of the issues that i have had in this show is that i feel like a lot of times some of the jokes that they make are punching down like not in the surface level way because you know i mean it's 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 one thing to make a joke about somebody's appearance being comical because you know that's funny um and it's one it's one thing to like satirize them 
but it's another thing to go after somebody's entire identity and try to make somebody's entire identity as like the butt of of a joke. And there's one episode that I want to talk about with that. Okay, is is this cool with you if I go off on a big yeah, tangent yeah. about this? So in C- who you going off on a tangent? Yeah, never heard of such a thing on this podcast. <laughs> So um, in episode, uh, there's an episode, I think, in season nine, and this episode is called Mr. Garrison's Fancy New Vagina. Do you know this episode? Yes, of course. So in this episode, okay, so the four boys, fourth grade teacher comes out as transgender and has, uh, I guess, gender affirming surgeries. But the show's creators, I mean, like, so they don't stop there. They have, they, they have to take it a step further. So they have Kyle take this a step further. And so he gets a surgery because he's like short and Jewish. They give him a surgery to make him tall and black uh, so that he can play basketball. And then Kyle's dad decides that he wants to get a surgery to turn him into a dolphin. I I remember watching this episode when it first came out. I was probably in like, what, sixth, seventh grade, something like that. I remember that it made me feel really uncomfortable watching it. And I don't really know why, but I remember feeling like really sort of gross after having watched this episode. But like the other boy, like the boys in my class, because we were watching, you know, the episode comes out and then you talk about it at class the next day. And they thought it was the funniest thing in the world because it was so edgy and so wild. But for me, it was like it watching i was like there's something wrong going on here and i'm not sure what it is and this was before i knew that like you know about like really anything about transgender people i knew maybe like one transgender person at that time and so that that really like the way that they sort of drew that comparison there that really made me feel really kind of icky so what was making you uncomfortable if i'm hearing you right is that they're equating somebody who's transitioning to somebody who wants to be taller or somebody who wants to be a dolphin. So they're or somebody they're who wants to be a different to be race. They're yeah. comparing like transgender people to like somebody who's like, oh, I'm transracial or I'm trans species. And that's kind of where they took it. And they're to like, yeah. To, yeah, to like make being trans out to be this, this frivolous or unnecessary thing. Yeah. And one of the things that happened was the, uh, is the character who get the, the teacher who gets the, I'm, I'm, see, the thing is that I'm, I'm having difficulty. Should I call Mr. Garrison or Mrs. Garrison? I get, cause because the char- they mix it up even within the episode. Within the episode, and then the character transitions back into being a man late, like many seasons later. Several, several seasons. seasons so I don't even know how to. That's a fucking minefield as it is. I don't want to say the wrong see, thing. See, I usually do Mr. Garrison because the character ends up at, like, that's you know the what? current. That's fair. In- because now, because we, because you use the version of somebody's name that they currently use. Yeah. If you know what they currently use. So, yeah. So Mr. Garrison gets the, the operation and then is mad when he finds out that he, his vagina doesn't work, you know? Like for reproductive purposes. Yeah. For reproductive purposes. He, he's like, he's like, I missed my period. I guess one of those truckers I hooked up with must have knocked me up. And then goes like, oh boy, I can get an abortion. Like it's very frivol- frivolously done. He go he goes in and he's like, you better scoop this baby out of me. And the doctor's like, you know, you can't like it, it doesn't work. It's not functional the same way. Like, so, and it's hard to know what to feel about this episode, right? Well, I, because, I know how I feel about this episode. I find that oh, I don't know how I feel about it. You don't? No, because okay, so on the surface. The episode 
seems to say that it seems to compare the experiences of trans people to people who want to change aspects of themselves that are not related to their gender. Like it, it makes trans people out to be like, oh, you want to be a woman? Well, I want to be a dolphin. Yeah. And okay, so so part of me wants to say, okay, that's crappy. I mean, it is crappy because I I hear I hear people make that comparison all the time, and, and I'm just like, I'm gonna block right. And you making on that comparison absolutely is shitty. Yeah. Uh, well, don't do that. Part of me wants to say, okay, that episode is really shitty to trans people, and they shouldn't have done this episode. And in what 24 seasons of absolutely walking the the line and being as offensive as a comedy can be they are bound to go over the line sometimes they should apologize and not do that kind of episode again sure like that that's what that's what a big part of me kind of kind of feels about this episode is like well they were trying to be edgy they clearly went too far maybe that's because they're both like cis straight men and they don't understand what it's like to to have the experience that trans people have. And they crossed a line. They were shitty. They should apologize and just, like, do better. Yeah. I mean, I knew this episode was wrong when I was, like, oh, like sixth, seventh grade when I saw but, it. I was like, ah. Uh. See, I, I feel like, and I hope I don't get canceled for saying this. <laughs> okay. I feel like there's a possibility that that is the point. The episode is meant to point out that being transgender is not to be made equivalent to frivolous things like i wish i were taller i wish i was like transracial bullshit or um uh, oh yeah well i identify as a dolphin i part of me feels like the episode may have been meant to point out how shitty that is when people say things like that Hmm. like satirizing what people really say about trans people I, I guess. I don't know. But then I go back and I'm like, oh, is that just the way that I see it because of my personal bias? Right. Because and this is another thing is that like a lot of the audience, they're not going to be in on that joke. They're not going to be. And yeah. Is that, that's the thing. Is it the responsibility of the creators of South Park? Even if. OK, so say I'm right. Say my little fan theory is right. And they made that episode to point out how shitty it is when people say things like that to and about trans people. Even if I, even if my little fan theory on that is right, don't do they have a responsibility to understand that that's going to go right over the heads of 50% of their audience and that 50% of their audience is not going to understand that and is going to think that they are making fun of trans people. Okay. And do they have a responsibility to understand that yes, we could make this high-level satire, but it's going to go over the heads of people and people are going to use it to be shitty to other people, so maybe we shouldn't make it. Right. Is that their responsibility or should they be free to go on to make their high-level satire even though some people aren't going to get it and are going to use it to bring harm to other people? And that's what I love about South Park because the questions that it makes me ask are questions like, what is the responsibility of somebody who creates something? Are you responsible for your work after you've birthed it out into the world? Those are big questions. And those are questions that I want to think about when I'm sitting on the couch at 10 o'clock at night, feeding my baby and or eating ice cream, watching South Park. Like, that's what I want to go to bed, like letting it run around in my brain. So 
I want to take this to another point because I want to bring this back to my uh, bring this into my personal experience, if that's all right with you. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, that was my rant that I needed to get out. It's no, out that's now. a totally fair thing to to say. I mean, you know, what is this show about? The show is about free speech uh, at, at the heart of it. Right. But that takes me to another point, because so one of the four boys on the show, as we mentioned earlier, Eric Cartman, he is I mean, he is disgusting. He is racist. He is a bigot. He is an anti-Semite. He is a hateful little child. That's that's sort of like the way that he's he's not portrayed well. He'll say anything nasty about anybody. Yeah, he'll say anything nasty about anybody. You know, but he would have irreverent or racist catchphrases or anti-Semitic catchphrases. Like they, they, and you know, if it's a catchphrase on a TV show, if a little kid sees it, you know, or if a twelve-year-old sees it, they're going to repeat anything that they see on TV because they think it's funny, especially if it's edgy. Um, but there was one episode where he was obsessed with Kyle, his his supposed friend who is Jewish. He was obsessed with Kyle's quote-unquote Jew gold, and he was trying to get Kyle's Jew gold. And so the when I when I the boys in my classes see this this episode and you know I watched this episode and they all thought this was the funniest thing in the world. Um and of course you know, because they just see like a funny catchphrase, a funny character saying something wild. Um, and they're not old enough to understand that the joke. I mean, maybe they kind of get it. But the joke is that Cartman is racist and the joke is that he's awful. But they think it's funny because it sounds catchy and funny. So I remember one time, I think it was in eighth grade. Um, there were boys in my class who I was friends with. They were like, they literally like one time at recess, they were like literally slamming me up against the chain link fence at recess and like saying, give me your Jew gold, give me your Jew gold and demanding that I give them my Jew. And to them, it was just like a big joke, but to me it was actually real. It was deeply unpleasant. And I was just sort of like, after it was over, you know, and it went on for like 10, 15 minutes. And after it was over, I was just sort of expected to laugh it off because it was a joke. It was, you know, on the TV show. I'm not going to go and like blame the show's creators for this abuse because I think that that's stupid and counterproductive. But I do think that there is a certain segment, especially like young men who, if they grow up on this sort of irreverent kind of humor, they never quite got that making a ironic racist joke is still racist. And if somebody doesn't like it, well, then that's their fault. And these sort of like ironic racist jokes, I mean, they're ironic and they're ironic and they're ironic and then they're ironic and then they're not ironic. So, so yeah, that, yeah, and I think that plays right into to my point earlier because okay, so so that episode is pretty clearly satirical. The episode does not literally it it is not meant to literally make people bully others. No, or to think that not. this concept of Jew gold exists literally. Although at the end of the episode, Kyle actually does have Jew gold, which was like the twist which is part of the yeah. satire yeah I... but also it has ca- it caused actual hurt to come to somebody yes being you being me <laughs> so that's that's kind of my whole question that's that's the whole thing to me it's clearly meant to be satire and it's you know it's there's no way it would hold up in court that it was ever meant to hurt anybody no and personally i don't think the people who make South Park would ever intend for it to hurt anybody. But the truth is that it did. 
like in real life yeah off of, off of a tv screen i mean i laugh in the about real it world now. where kenny right but i mean yeah but you've heard me laugh about some real fucked up shit that That's happened to me true. I, I but mean, just because you laugh about it doesn't mean it wasn't fucked up yeah <laughs> you've heard me laugh about some stuff that's so fucked up i won't put it on the podcast no oh yeah Oof. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm just thinking about something that you i'm thinking about the one the time you, i almost fell off your couch <laughs> laughing i don't remember what that one was but okay okay <laughs> i I'm, um, I'm remembering the one that you sent me the other day oh gosh i don't even know what i sent you anyway what i was saying though about back to about back to south park is that i think it's clear that that episode is meant to be satire and it's not meant to hurt anybody but in in real world, off of a TV screen, it did hurt somebody. Because yeah. just because you can laugh about it doesn't mean that it wasn't horribly upsetting at the time. That's the question that the show makes me ask: Is like, are are you responsible? Are they responsible? Are the people who make South Park responsible? Because I think their entire message with twenty four seasons in a movie of the show is about censorship and it's about free speech and it's about no, we can say whatever we want and it's not our problem. If some eighth grader gets beat up because of a show that we made. Yeah. And but I don't like, know how I feel about that. <laughs> that's, where, that's where I come off saying I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. Because I mean. Because I yeah. have not been able to answer that question for myself yet. So makes me ask myself that question. And re- I love that this show makes me really think about it. See, here's another example of that is that I remember. Do you remember the man bear pig episode? Yes, the Al Gore episode. Yeah, so Al Gore, as we all know, is has been complaining about climate change, about global warming for years and years and years and years and years. And then the show like was like, Oh, man bear pig's coming. I gotta find man bear and they just like lampooned him as like, Oh, he's looking for something that doesn't exist. Um, and he's scared about something that doesn't exist. It's not real, and then everybody's like freaking out about it. Then like I, re- I literally remember, you know. When I was living in Salem, uh, working at Guitar Center, I had this one coworker who, you know, he he was very irreverent. He was very reactionary. He also really liked South Park. How's Chuck doing? She's fine. I bet I bet she'll settle right back. Hold on. I'm standing up recording. I just I stopped swaying from side to side for a moment, and she didn't like that. Hmm. Can I continue? Is it good? Yep. Yeah. Should be fine. So uh, I remember I mentioned something about, you know, global warming to him. Like, that's some scary shit. And he was like, ha ha ha. You believe in man bear. Like, that's literally like, you know. Yeah. Like, that's that's real world damage. Yeah. And there's I mean, there's literally people, I mean, not people that I would ever really want to hang out with. But there's definitely people who have like dudes who have zero personality. Don't who, who their whole personality is edgy jokes from South Park. I don't know. I I, I guess I shouldn't be holding them responsibility uh, responsible for how their fans behave because you know I I mean you're a fan of this show and you're behaved like a normal person because you have a brain. Right. It's it's a uh, the question is are they responsible for people who are not going to think these things through or will not. Or stubbornly refuse to think these things through. But anyway, that's that was a huge part of that discussion. So, uh, so it that was- is my that is my whole thing about South Park. Like we could talk about the rest of the movie, but that is that is my whole thing. Is that I think it's so interesting how it makes you ask those questions, and I am not convinced that there is a right answer at this point because I I sure don't feel like I have an answer on that yet. And my my view on them is that they hit as often as they miss. 
I would at least I, they hit at least as often as they miss is sort that of is, my that is take. that is really accurate. Yeah, like I think that there is very good reason to think that some of their episodes cross a line. I mean, they depending have yeah. on who, depending on you. Yeah, depending on who you are, there there's very good reason to say, oh well, this episode crossed a line. This episode offended me. Uh, but I think that that the the number of episodes that are truly great satire outnumber those episodes that cross the line. And does that make it okay to be a fan of the show? I'm not like, going to say it's it more, not okay does that, like, to be a make fan it morally, of something. But like morally, does that make it morally okay? Do, as long does as that you, salve your conscience enough to like the show? For me, it does. I'm not going to, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not within the, I, I, if you, if people want to watch South Park, if people want to like South Park, I don't care. And I like the thing is that there's a lot of the episodes of the show that I do really like. I want to say that there was one. What was the episode about Guitar Hero? Do you remember that one Mm. where I remember um, watching that episode in a hotel room uh, when I was going to visit in Florida, going to visit that my grandma in Florida in in like 2007, I want to say. We were sitting in a hotel room. Me and my brother and my dad were sitting in the hotel room. My dad didn't watch this show really but uh there was the guitar hero episode and i remember that episode we were on the floor like rolling on the floor laughing the whole time that episode was so funny or the world of warcraft one is a a legendary episode that one was incredibly funny i don't know the guitar hero episode like i wouldn't know the title off the top of my head but you know which one is probably my favorite ever which one the one where they make a christian rock band Yes. Cartman wants to be rich and famous, so he makes a Christian rock band and they just co-opt like secular songs, but every time they say baby, they put Jesus in instead. And there's the Jesus is my boyfriend song that that comes out of it. Right. So that that one um that one is is my probably my favorite ever. See, that's really brilliant stuff. And though. then the whole virtual like from re- from a recent season, the whole virtual reality there's like a, I think there's a whole season where you don't know who is in virtual reality and who isn't. Oh, see, I don't think because I've watched somebody that has like, like somebody has VR goggles. But so there's there's reason to think that all four of them are in virtual reality, but you don't know. It's like an Inception kind of thing. It's fun. Huh. That is kind of fun. Maybe the, I should. But the, watch but the it again. Christian rock band episode is, is the greatest of all time. Yeah, it's sort of the thing where. I, you know, and I don't want to, I don't ever want to be the guy who's like, oh, you can't say this anymore. That's too, like, eh, you can't say, like, you can't say, like, and I also don't want to be the guy who's like complaining. They're like, oh man, the world's too PC now, man. I hate cancel. Like, I, I don't ever want to be either of those guys. Right. So. Right. But being in the middle is hard you have to pick a side everyone wants you to pick a side you can't just be like uh i really didn't like this episode but i'll watch the next one because you're either because you're either the guy who's canceling somebody or you're the guy who's like oh this world is too pc because we live in like this heavily binary society i i and i hate binaries i hate many binaries about many things and i think that's one of them but i think we got so we were talking a lot about the actual show itself uh, but I want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, but the I figured movie. that would come up because it's not like you can assign me all of South Park for homework. No, but uh, we're talking about the movie because the movie is something that really talks about 
this stuff. The movie is something that really tries to get to the heart of all of these things, which is, I think, one of the points that they were trying to make in the movie. Um, but I don't yeah. think the movie does a very good job of like getting to the heart of the matter. No, I thought the movie was fun. I'm glad I watched it. You don't think it does? But I think no. I think like contextually, the show does a better job. Yeah. I well, here's here was my take is that you know because what was the plot of the movie is that these kids are out and they get corrupted by something that they see on TV and rather than and their parents rather than being like oh man how do we talk to our kids about these difficult subjects they're like how do we blame literally anybody else in the entire world with instead of doing our jobs which is trying to properly parent our kids and that that for me was kind of the take in that you know Kyle's mom especially was just like everybody else is to blame except for my son my son is never to blame everybody else is to blame except for him and he's just like you know, if I do something wrong, I don't expect her to punish everybody else. And that was interesting to me. Yeah. And that's kind of the end of the movie, too. Yeah. Is Kyle being like, you know what? Don't deal with all these other people because I did something you didn't like. Deal with me. Yeah, and that's true. And, you know, it's that that is a take because they're basically like making the argument. I mean, all the people are making the argument. Oh, well, obviously, kids are going to watch this and you have to be thinking about the kids that are going to watch this. And they're like, well, maybe you shouldn't let your kids watch it then if you don't want them to see it that seems like that's a you problem and that's kind of the argument that they're making and i don't know i i I think that they've got at least a point in that regard yeah yeah i think that is a i think that is a really good point because i'm responsible you know who's responsible for like what chuck says and what she watches that's going to be you and her dad me and also jonathan and that's it we've had conversations about what uh, are we going to try to keep her away from certain words until she's certain age? And my take on that is that it's not it's not going to, you know, it's not inappropriate for her to say a word when she's 11 years and 364 days old and then suddenly become appropriate for her to say it when she's 12. But it, it's not like it's going to be it's not like it's oh, it's inappropriate if you're 14 years, 11 months, but it's appropriate when you're 15 years. Yeah. Like and it's not like words come on a scale like that. Now I never I never want her to use words that hurt people. So I'm going to do my best to keep her from learning racial slurs and slurs against people of different genders or people of different sexual orientations. I'm going to try to keep her from learning words that are that are only used to hurt people. But as far as curse words, I don't find it productive to try to keep her from learning them. I just don't think that's a good plan. I think I I think it's better to try to teach her appropriate situations. Yeah, and also if she doesn't know any curse words, how is she going to be cool when she's like 10? Her father is Jonathan. <laughs> she's going to know curse words. There's no there's no worries about that. Yeah, that's I mean that's really interesting. But what, so why don't we go back and really get into the into the movie because you wanted to talk about the music and the musicals because this yeah, movie is so, in fact a musical. And it does a really cute send up of some musical theater, uh some some like really popular musical theater performances that i thought was fun um which is neat because stone and parker went on to write the book of mormon musical Hmm. which i love uh and i would love to do for reverse homework sometime because i've never seen it it's so good it's so book of mormon musical is so good but i i did want to talk about so i think i think they're just musical theater geeks and i'm a musical theater geek so that made me really happy so the opening scene like the the opening scene is a is a reference to Beauty and the Beast, the opening uh the opening song of Beauty and the Beast. 
I think I saw a Singing in the Rain reference in the Terrence and Philip movie. I think I saw them like flip over a couch the way that the characters do on Singing in the Rain. And the dance sequence in that movie was super musical theater. It was really great. But I thought there were a couple little references to Singing in the Rain back there. I'm not sure if the 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 part where Kyle's mom gets in front of the the whole like school board to try to get them mad. Or blame Canada. About, yeah, to blame Canada. I, I felt like that was a Music Man reference. That may be a little bit of a stretch. No, I could see it. But you know, okay, so you know the classic Simpsons episode, Marge versus the Monorail? Yes, when it's... Uh, Possibly one of the best Simpsons episodes ever. That is a ever. classic. Well, okay, so when when um, when the guy comes in, what's, uh, what what did you say? Monorail. Monorail, monorail, monorail. That whole, like, song, I heard these things are awfully loud. Okay, you know the whole monorail song? Yes. That is a reference to Music Man, and I kind of felt like the the whole thing about Blame Canada was a reference to that as well. That might be a little bit of a stretch as well. And then the Lame Miz references in the entire second half were just killing oh, me. Oh, with the Law Resistance? Yeah, but there there's a, there are two different songs that are takes on, on Lame Miz songs. One of them is is a take on "Do You Hear the People Sing," and then the other one was a was a kind of a mashup of several other songs from the show. But I thought I thought the musical theater references were were super cool. I'm just a giant musical theater geek, and I will take musical theater references wherever I can get them. Yeah, I thought that that aspect of the movie was really really funny because you know what we had the um, the favorite song to sing. Um, there there were two songs that we liked to sing when we were in middle school from this movie. Do you want to guess which ones they were? Well, definitely the Uncle Fucker song. <laughs> yeah, one of them was Shut Your Fucking Face, Uncle Fucker. Okay, so you're a I'm boner guess... biting bastard, Uncle Fucker. Yeah. I'm going to guess the other one was the one that Jonathan walked in the room singing while I was watching this. Oh, uh, which one was that? Which is, it's the one, um, like, instead of, instead of shit, say poo, instead of, what was it? Like the don't say this, don't don't say this, say that song. No, that's not the song. Like, um, do you know which one it was? You might be surprised by this. But no, if you're listening one? to this, okay, if, which one? yeah. So it was the what would Brian Boitano do if he were here today? He'd make a plan and follow through. That's what Brian Boitano do. That one. I don't know who that is. He was he, uh, and neither did we. That was sort of the thing is that we had to look it up. Apparently, he's a figure skater. So why is that song better? Because why? Because that was one that we could sing without getting in trouble. Oh, okay, that makes sense. No, that that does make sense though, because like, what if you're trying to show up, but like you're in the hall, the teacher's there, you could sing this song. They're like, I don't know what that is, or they might know what that is. Uh, but like, as long as you don't like the the worst thing, there's a line where it says, "I bet he'd kick in ass or two. Like that's all that there is in that song. That's the song that you can sing because it's not inappropriate. Okay, that make that makes sense. Yes. Oh, I I just thought that the song that would have been popular was the one so there's there's one where they're all in in rehab and it's in, it's like the instead of this say that yeah because what they find out all the kids are saying all the swears and then they send them to basically rehab where the school counselor has to teach them not to say swear words and then immediately after that they all go and see the terrence and philip movie again right and- so the counselor is like um Take the afternoon off for quiet reflection. And then they all immediately go see the movie again. Yeah. And then they start saying all the swears again. But there was also one other song. And I'll tell you what it was because there was a kid that we used to hang out with that his name was Kyle, which is unfortunate for him. 
and he would get really mad at us. But the song that we would all sing would be the Kyle's mom is a big fat bitch. She's the biggest bitch oh, in no. the whole world. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Kyle. Kids are, are savage. Actually, Kyle's mom was really nice too. So that I, I do feel bad about that now. But we were 12. So. so maybe the lesson of this whole episode is like, don't let your ch- small children watch South Park. Yes. Although, although I've already broken that rule because now I watched I watched South Park with Chuck when she was like literally two or three hours old. Yeah, but she doesn't have object permanence yet. She doesn't know what she's seeing. That's true. That's true. I'll just yeah. have to quit before she's a year. That's true. To quit my dirty South Park habit. Yeah, but Kyle Kyle's mom does take me on to another uh, sort of issue that I have with this uh, with this show because this is kind of a personal gripe. Maybe you'll maybe you'll like it. Maybe, maybe you'll you'll think this is funny. Maybe you think this won't. But like, so in the plot of the movie, right? Ty- Cartman gets in trouble for singing this. Kyle's mom is a big fat bitch song, and she walks up while he's singing it, and he gets a chip installed in his head that will give him an electric shock every time he says a swear word. And then this chip gets damaged eventually, and he has to use and so he can shoot electricity if he says swear words eventually in later in the film, and so he has to use this to fight. Saddam Hussein, who is is come back with Satan to rule the world. And this is uh, something that I... So the swear that he says that eventually just seals the deal, that destroys Satan. You know what word he says? I don't know if you remember. I didn't catch it. He was he was going so fast. No, you know what he says that is the, the word that, like, that breaks Saddam Hussein is Barbara Streisand. Oh, man. Yeah, I did hear that, and I didn't think about that, like, being for racist reasons. I don't want to say it's for racist reasons, but there is, there is an issue that I take here. So I don't know if you know, like, are you familiar with the music of Barbara Streisand, Sadie? Not terribly. Uh, I saw her in Hello, Dolly. Have you seen Yentl? No, I've heard that it's amazing. I haven't gotten around to it. You should. Ch- I mean, if you like, yeah, you should check out Yentl. Yentl is top tier for like and for the Jewish community. Barbara Streisand, like the the play Barbara Streisand. How do I describe it? She holds a place in the Jewish community that like Cher holds for the gay community. Okay, mm-hmm. like the, like that's that like. You got to understand that. But these guys re- like going after Barbara Streisand and ridiculing Barbara Streisand is a joke that these guys do over and over and over and over and over and over again. You know, uh, yeah, you're right. Now that I think about that. Yeah. They just like go after Barbara Streisand. And like when I was a kid, I didn't know any Barbara Streisand music because that, that wasn't really what I was listening to. And all I knew was that Barbara Streisand was terrible because they hated her on South Park and she was just the butt of a joke. But I tell you that nobody could actually uh, uh, name a single Barbara Streisand song. But man, they these guys really no, hate right, Barbara because Streisand. Because they, they make fun of a lot of celebrities. And they are generally really brutal to just any celebrity that shows up on there, no matter who it is. Just as a general rule. But you are right that they bring up Barbara Streisand a disproportionate... <laughs> a disproportionate amount. Yeah, and I it makes me think like when are they if this show's coming out in like the late nineties, early two thousands, mid two like how is Barbara Streisand culturally relevant enough for them at that time for them to really be going after her? This just seems like such a weird 
person to go after, but apparently they really hate Barbra Streisand and I don't know why. Um, well, it makes, yeah. And you, you think, well, maybe one of their moms just listened to her music constantly. Yeah, maybe. And the kid was just like, turn this off. Yeah, I don't know. But there could also be a million other reasons. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I I don't want to say they, they hate Jews because they hate Barbra Streisand, but that like to me, you if you tell me you hate Barbra Streisand, I'm going to like, I, I understand, you know, maybe her voice is a little bit nasally at times. I understand people not thinking that she's like their favorite, but if you're like, I hate Barbra Streisand, I'm going to feel like that's a little bit suspect right there. Yeah, that makes sense. Or like, why would they treat her any more? Why would they hate her more than they hate all celebrities? Because South Park kind of has that shtick, you know? Yeah. Like celebrities suck and we're DIY and like all that kind of thing. Yeah. They do go after celebrities in a really weird, in a funny way. They're just mean to all celebrities, but why would they be extra mean to one person in particular? Yeah. If you are a listener of the show and you are a fan of South Park and you happen to know why they hate Barbara Streisand so much, please let us know because I am utterly confused. I find it just strange. I don't know that that was that's just something that irks me a little. It's not like a, a serious problem that I have with the show. It's something where you know I just remember when I was growing up, people would just hate, 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 hate on Barbara Streisand because she was so derided on South Park. Like I have to think that they did so like that. This show did more harm to Barbara Streisand's reputation than. Like a, a noticeable amount of harm has been done to Barbara Streisand's reputation by this show. And I like I personally, I don't think that she probably deserved it. I don't I don't know why. But I guess, man, if you're got to pick on somebody, I don't know. That's kind of weird to me. But who knows? I mean, who can who knows the mind of the creators? Of South Park? It's just like a running gag. There's got to be some interesting people. She's a funny person. She could she'll probably think it's funny at this point. I don't know. I <laughs> Barbara Streisand, if you listen to our podcast, please email uh leaving at gmail.com and let us know what you think about South Park. Yeah, and also if you listen to this podcast um and you want to send me an autographed copy of the soundtrack to Yentl the Yeshiva Boy, I will give you my address and you can send that to me. Um Okay. Yeah. Well my my final thought on the whole South Park mo- movie. I was glad that I watched it. I was glad that I got a chance to talk to you about some of the things that I like about about South Park and then how it makes me think. And uh, my my closing thought would be that I'm glad that they made it a musical because I thought it was funnier that way. It definitely was funnier that way. I'm trying to think about what my final thoughts were. I mean, it's it, it's hard to hate this movie because this movie is very self-aware, right? Uh, right. right. It's a movie about itself. Yeah. But also, it's it's difficult to make something that is both self aware and not self righteous. Do and how do you feel? Right, how do you feel about that? Do you feel that this movie comes across at all self righteous because they're so like self aware and they're you know they're clearly like sort of almost writing themselves into the show? See, I don't think it comes off self righteous. I don't either because I, I feel I feel like I don't think it comes off as self righteous, and I think that's part of their whole. I think that's part of the whole shtick, like the whole, I don't think it comes off as self-righteous. And I think that's, I think that's because they don't make themselves out to be righteous at all. And sometimes they even go too far in their pursuit of not being righteous. And I think it's it's, it's interesting. And they do come across as self-deprecating as well, quite frequently. 
it's not like it's not as if they're trying to write themselves in to make themselves into the heroes they're writing themselves in and just being like we're clowns we're idiots what are you guys like really that mad about that people like us and they're and they're self-deprecating but it's not in an obnoxious way which is really great because a lot of people do like the they do self-deprecating humor in a way that's really cringy, and this is not that. Or they'll do self-deprecating humor in a way that's like, oh, I'm so – like, they'll make fun of themselves in try- – They're, it's like, tr- backhanded complimenting themselves. Yes, or they're, like, being self-deprecating in that they're seeking, like, positive – attention for yeah, that fishing as well. yeah for fishing attention. for compliments yeah and this, and this isn't doesn't that. come off that way to me at all no they're really they're really more just like portraying themselves as clowns which i guess i you know i like that i guess that my the moral of the story is that watch whatever you want on tv like whatever you want on tv but just don't let that be your life don't just be don't turn into a caricature don't turn into that and you'll be fine and i have no problem with anybody who likes this show even though i have some problems with some of the episodes that have come out with this show but you know what that's kind of them and that's kind of me that's kind of how i feel about it and and i explained kind of my conflicting feelings about that earlier but i think the one that usually comes out on top is in 24 seasons of brilliant satire people are going to cross a line when you tow the line that close you're going to cross the line occasionally and um, probably would be better if they apologized for it, but I don't think they're gonna. But oh, ultimately, it's they? not enough to make. Ultimately, it's not it's not enough to make me not want to watch the show. But if it is enough to make you not want to watch the show, I think that's I think that's totally understandable. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna say oh, I'm never gonna watch this show again because there's a few episodes that I think were really really sour and really came across wrong for me. I mean, I, I'm not going to pretend that I've never said anything that's stupid. I mean, I've gone back and I've looked at old tweets that I've sent and I'm like, oh, let me delete that shit. No, thank you. Oh, yeah. Uh, Facebook memories is just great if you used to be in a cult. <laughs> Facebook, I'll tell you, every time that Facebook memories comes up, I end up like going back and be like, see, what did I say in this day in 2000? Oh, let me delete that. That was cringe. Like, I'll just see. I like, I forced myself not to delete like old cult posting like you know like bible verses and stuff if it's if it's if it's, if i was mean to anybody i would delete it but it's mostly just like god has blessed us with good weather today and then like a paragraph of bible verses god is so good to me jesus loves me so much he gave me good weather yeah that's kind of funny looking back at that but i refuse to delete it because i feel like that is a part of who i once was and it's it's a it's a it shouldn't be deleted unless it's going to hurt somebody. That's fair. Anyway, uh, do you have anything else that you want to say before we wrap up this episode? This episode's gone kind of quick. I expected that we would spend more time talking about this, but I think that we've... Well, the movie's short. The movie is short. Uh, and, I mean, it has plot, but like... Oh, the one thing that I wanted to talk... How did you feel about the Find the Clitoris subplot? Eh, it was. It could have been funnier. It was funny. Yeah. It wasn't not funny. It is like it could have been funnier and it might have been funnier if the people were not like children. Yeah, that was kind of a joke that like we thought that was so funny when we were 12 and I watch it now and I'm just like, that's not as funny as I thought it was. Although it is really funny when because Chef, the character who's played by Isaac Hayes, uh, stands like, Chef, how do I get a girl to like me? He's like, that's easy, Stan. You just have to find the clitoris. 
And he's like, what's that? He's like, I said too much. I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. <laughs> no, like, I don't know. It was it was not not funny. It's just I feel like maybe at this point, at this point, that joke is overdone. Maybe back then that joke was a little bit more fresh. Yeah, because this was 1999. This wasn't something that you would hear people say on TV. It's the same sort of thing where when people go back and watch old episodes of Seinfeld, they're like, Seinfeld is not that funny. And then I'm just like, yo, have you ever seen TV that was on at the same time as Seinfeld? Yeah, I feel like they honestly, I felt like the whole thing was kind of contrived to just get one more, like not swear word, but like one more inappropriate word or taboo word onto on the sh- on the movie yeah but hey you know that's kind of what you have to do I, the but thing- that's what we think about south park you win some you lose some you do win some you you do lose some just like the bible just like religion you know what i'm saying there's some good stuff in there and there's some stuff <laughs> in there you read that shit and you're like uh yikes that's how they really used to live oh <laughs> but hey you know, so Gabby's take is South Park is like the Bible. I I didn't say that. That is what you said. I, you know what? I did say that. I might just edit it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so anything else that we want to say before we wrap up? Uh, the last thing. No, that I, I think I think that's it for me. Yeah. So if you enjoyed this episode, if you listened to this episode and you enjoyed this episode, say you are an LGBTQ person and you grew up in a cult or a IFB or Fundy, then please send us your stories uh, if you want to, to leavingedenpod at gmail.com so we can feature you on our show during Pride Month. If you do that, please make sure to include your name and your correct pronouns, as well as whether or not it's okay to read your name on the show or if we should use an anonymous, if we should make up a name for you or just say anonymous. You can make up your own name uh, that you would like us to call you. Uh, if yes, you don't want to you use your real that. name, uh, that would be fun. Uh, anyway, uh, anything else? Oh, fuck, I can't remember how to end the show. Fuck, I'm just gonna. Uh, you say that so the pod. Good. Hang on, no, I'll end the show for you. Uh, you can follow our podcast on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Leaving Eden Podcast or Pod. Which one is so Facebook? <laughs> you do this part. <laughs> Facebook and Instagram are at Leaving Eden Podcast. Twitter is at Leaving Eden Pod. Uh, you can join our Facebook group where we'll be talking about all of this stuff. It is going to be facebook.com slash Eden Exodus. The group is called Eden Exodus. Eden Exodus is also the name of our Clubhouse Club. At some point, I'm going to convince Sadie to go on Clubhouse and then answer questions from people, which hasn't happened yet, but it will eventually, I think, I hope. Then when we get Chuck on a more on a better nap schedule. Yeah, and we'll be able to plan better. Uh <sighs> Yeah, my name is Gavriel Hakoen. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Clubhouse at G-A-V-R-I-E-L-H-A-C-O-H-E-N. You want to plug your social? Yes. Oh, uh, by the way, thank you to people who have been shouting us out uh, on different online spaces. I've been seeing a lot of that lately and just wanted to say I appreciate you. I think you're super cool. We love all uh, of you. you- Oh yeah, that was that was uh, it was it's always neat when I come across a recommendation for our podcast like without looking for it. Like I'm just scrolling somewhere somewhere and somebody's like, listen to Leaving Eden. I'm like, oh, wow, I'm a celebrity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can follow me on my super celebrity social media pages at um, on Instagram at Sadie Carpenter Music, on Twitter at Hell Yes Sadie, and uh, on TikTok, either the podcast account or my account. My, mine is Sadie Carpenter One. Yeah. The podcast One is Leaving Eden. 
and if you want to you know, if you want to stream the song that is playing right now then you can go to my spotify page uh the song is called rolling river of time and streaming that will benefit the show so until next time uh what are we talking about next time we're talking about joe and evangeline combs right on the regular episode yeah we haven't decided what our next homework is yet no we did decide what our next homework is did we? yeah you you were gonna assign me a book written by our favorite our second is he our favorite pedophile or our second favorite pedophile i would say he's i don't know depends on what what, what makes him favorite like the people, the person who who like hurt the least people, or the person who hurt the most people. The person who gave us the most content. Oh, then in that case, he's our second favorite. Okay, so I think second or first. Well, we did two episodes on him, but then how many episodes did we do on David? Anyway, Sadie assigned Ooh, me a book technically because we had that we had the special episode. Oh yeah. When like new allegations came out. Oh, I hated that. You hated that episode. I hated you, that. You blocked it, it out I, of your memory. I did. Much it like was, most of my memories, you blocked it, it out. It was horrible. <laughs> anyway, we have a... We're, right, you're right, you're right. We are reading the book Dating with a Purpose, which is by Jack Scopp and tells Christian young people how to date. Hopefully, reading this book is going to allow Gabi to find the, the love, is, love of his life and good Christian wife. Uh, still searching. <laughs> uh but next time uh, you will so that episode will come out two weeks from today uh, but enjoy our episodes about a terrible true crime next week uh, and until then you have a nice day bye bye but old rolling river of time Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.